Welcome to the Middle Tech Podcast, this region's leading business podcast, shining a light on technology, entrepreneurship, and the future of business in Kentucky and beyond. Our goal is to advance the ecosystem by bringing attention to the founders, changemakers, innovators, and those supporting them. Middle Tech's content can be found on your favorite podcast streaming app, social channels, and YouTube. We encourage you to follow and participate in the conversation. Let's discuss and build the future. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. You've got Evan Knowles and Logan Jones here. We just sat down with Rex Wallace, Sam White, and Dean Christensen to talk about NFTs, blockchain, the whole metaverse, because it's a topic everybody should be paying attention to. Uh, NFTs are exploding right now. You know, Bitcoin has been a topic of discussion for a long time, uh, and NFTs are just getting started. And one of the guests we have on is very involved in the NFT space. He's had a lot of success. He got in on NBA Top Shots and has uh, created over a hundred thousand dollars worth of value, hundreds of thousands of dollars from just buying NBA Top Shot, as well as a really cool project he's got going on with NASCAR and one of their up-and-coming drivers, Jesse Love. And he has put an NFT on Jesse's car uh, in order to create a more engaged community around the Cool Cats, uh, which is an NFT that he has bought that has a ton of value. And so he's been in the space. He's an expert in the space. He's somebody that we thought would be relevant to bring on and shed some light on what's going on with blockchain, but a little bit more specifically uh, NFTs because it's becoming an important part of pop culture. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those conversations that we just barely scratched the surface on. I think we said after it was over, we could have gone on for 16 more hours is, is what Rex said. And it really does feel like one of those things. I mean, you start by talking about what is an NFT, you know, we, that non-fungible token, but there's the underlying technology that makes it work. And then there's all the different use applications and use cases that you can think of for an NFT. And yeah, we barely scratched the surface. We talked a little bit about, uh, you know, having a community attached to some of these NFTs, which is driving a lot of the value in some of these projects. We talked about how music uh, has started using NFTs to promote projects and give fans different experiences through those NFTs. Uh, so this is just one of those conversations where we, we try to just ask those those high-level questions and then kind of see where the conversation goes. So we hope you guys get something out of it as well. Uh, but before we dive into that, as we always do, we just want to get a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Land Betterment. Land Betterment is doing some incredible work throughout Appalachia and Eastern Kentucky as they are taking abandoned strip mines and putting sustainable businesses in their place. These businesses not only provide a useful repurposing of the land, but they also provide great jobs to replace the mining jobs that were lost when the mine was shut down. To learn more about Land Betterment, you can listen to our interview with their founders, Mark Jensen and Kirk Taylor, on episode 97, or visit their website at landbetterment.com. We're also sponsored by Airwing Ventures. Airwing helps determined entrepreneurs seeking resources to grow with capital and connections in order to build successful companies and impactful legacies. They're all about high-growth companies, high-growth careers, and high-growth communities. I've personally known Dan Beldy for about four years now, and I've seen the work he's been doing in the community, and we should all feel very blessed and grateful that a VC like himself is here in Kentucky. I encourage you to connect with Airwing and learn more. Let's all grow this state together. You can reach out to Dan at info at 
airwing.vc or dan at airwing.vc and their website is www.airwing.vc. What's going on, everybody? You got Evan Knowles and Logan Jones here with the Miltech Podcast. We've been talking a lot about NFTs behind the scenes. Uh, it's a very relevant topic out there in culture right now, especially if you're active on Twitter. So we wanted to sit down with some people that are right in the thick of it, engaging with that audience every day, buying NFTs, selling NFTs, engaging in these projects. So we wanted to make sure we could give you guys a perspective on what's going on here. So we've got Rex and Dean and our good buddy Sam. So we want to sit down and just have a conversation about you know their involvement, uh, their expertise, what they've learned so far, and maybe as an audience, you guys can take some things away and start engaging yourself. You know, this is a technology. The underlying technology is blockchain. You know, that's something that I think everybody should educate themselves on. It's going to have much more ramifications uh, than NFTs. NFTs are just a small part of it. So I think we need to educate ourselves on it, and this is going to be one of those conversations that uh, is going to do exactly that. Uh, so welcome, guys. Thanks for joining. You guys want to start with just like intros on, you know, where you're from and your educational background, and then we'll go from there. So Rex, you want to start? The University of Louisville and studied sport administration. And uh, these guys, they went to WKU in UK. So we kind of touched on all the uh, the pub- top three public universities in the state. And that's uh, our education background. For me personally, uh, I got into crypto, into the NFT space, uh, well, I got into crypto in 2017. I got real interested in blockchain and uh, Bitcoin and started just kind of playing around with it and learning uh, why that technology, why the blockchain technology is important and how it could be used. And that really opened the doors for me to learn more about the reason Satoshi wanted to make Bitcoin to begin with, the economic stuff. And I got really into that rabbit hole and uh, just like really learned more about economics in the past probably three years than I did like in school, like really like digging deep into our monetary system and financial system, everything. And uh, there's a a lot of things I think that Bitcoin addresses that I I found really interesting. So that led me into the crypto rabbit hole. Uh, And then ultimately in uh, 2020, got into the NFT rabbit hole, starting with Top Shot last October. And that led me to where I am now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's start off because like we said, a lot of our audience doesn't know a whole lot about NFTs or we're going to assume they don't anyway. I'm sure some know a decent amount, but let's just start off with in general, how are you explaining what an NFT is to somebody who has no clue what an NFT is? Uh, I would say that the the blockchain, the key thing, the technology, the, the real development is verifiable digital scarcity. And that's what Bitcoin brought to the world, and that had its financial applications. Uh, But with with NFTs specifically, you've got one-of-ones, you've got addition counts and different sizes, but verifiable, cryptographically secured digital scarcity and verifiable cryptographically secured ownership of those assets has gone from uh, the, the applications that Bitcoin could have in the world to all the applications that the NFTs could have in the world. Cool. So an NFT, that stands for non-fungible token. Correct. Right. Okay. I just feel like that's something worth establishing because (laughs) I ain't even, there's like so many different acronyms and terms within crypto these days. So I just wanted to to establish that as well. Uh, And Rex, tell us a little bit about the story 
that I think is how I heard about you, which is your interaction with Gary V okay. and kind of the the strategery that you put forth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, so uh, uh, with social yeah, media. I was I was pretty early to the whole crypto thing, like just in general. Twenty seventeen was early, but then to the NFT space, twenty twenty was pretty early, and uh, Gary V was super early too. But I was already like pretty much like deep into the NFT space when Gary V started tweeting about it, and uh, he was tweeting about how Va- I think specifically he tweeted that Vayner NFT will be the best company of all. Is Vayner? He's got Vayner Media. Vayner Sports, I think, and then Vayner NFT is his latest one. So when he tweeted that, I was like, I don't disagree at all. Like, I agree 100% actually. So I uh, just actually, uh, I I got that username and basically set it aside. Like, I got Vayner NFT locked down at that very moment and put in the bio, like, Gary, like, whenever you see this, like, whenever you want this, just let me know. I'll give it to you. Like, yeah, so I just I, I kind of I thought it'd be a good idea to just like reserve that for him and have it ready like whenever he wants it. And then sure enough, like six months later or so, he saw it and and I was like on I I got a new phone in that same time period, so like that account wasn't even on my phone anymore. But I saw that he had launched Vayner NFT with Budweiser, and I was like blown away. I was like, what? Like he's like actually doing this now, and I've got Vayner NFT on my phone saved on Twitter, or whatever. So I went back to that account, kind of expecting that there might be some buzz from this new company he launched and opened it up and like saw like he had actually dm'd me like the day before and was like double dming me true i think he triple dm'd me i was like damn like i better get on this quick what was he saying what was he saying uh, it's just like yeah he's like uh gosh like tweeted you said i'm here exactly yeah he said i'm here in the tweet and then uh in the dms it was just like (laughs) uh yeah just uh hey Hey, hello. I think it's. I, I, I can't remember exactly. It sounds, something. Like it sounds that. like his on-brand, genuine. Like you know, he just likes to be a normal dude. But yeah. uh, so a lot of our audience might know who Gary Vee is. All of our audience will know what the NBA is. So talk about you know Top Shot because I've got a friend that got involved in that around the same time you did, and uh, I was intrigued. <clears throat> so it's a really cool project they did. So talk about the project and like okay. you know yeah. what it is. So for me, I I just got so lucky that I grew up collecting basketball, like mainly baseball and football cards, and then got so lucky to get really passionate about that again last November. Uh, no, probably like yeah September of last year. Got really into trading cards again. So I was buying cards on eBay, kind of like speculating on who I think the hot new rookies are going to be. Which actually like big credit to Gary V. Like he kind of revived. Yeah, <laughs> the, before the all this happened, industry. Yeah, for sure. The trading card industry. And uh, yeah, so I, I I got really into that. And uh, that led me, obviously, with like my background or interest in crypto, I still had that. And the combination of the two, I was like, I love the blockchain, love crypto, think it's got all this potential. I also love trading cards, love speculating on NBA players thinking that Kevin Porter Jr. is undervalued or like underrated. So like I'll find a rookie that's like under the radar and try and get in early on that kind of thing. So it was just like the perfect combination of blockchain and trading cards. And that that's where I really started to understand NFTs because like I had heard about NFTs before. Like I had heard about CryptoKitties, which was like one of the early projects back in 2017 that was created by uh actually the same company that ended up creating NBA Top Shot, uh, Dapper Labs. and uh, But it didn't really make sense to me until I saw Top Shot. And when I saw uh, what what really made sense to me about Top Shot was the fact that you've got these trading cards and, and the technology behind it is digital scarcity and authenticity and ownership and open marketplace to uh, to engage with people all over the world. So like on Peer-to-peer. eBay... 
peer to peer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like with trading cards, the big challenge that I found was like I think the 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 first challenge I found was in the preseason of last uh, last basketball season. Kyle Guy, the dude from Virginia, like I don't know if you guys keep up with basketball too much, but yeah, dude played at Virginia, won a national championship, and was like always a really good college player. And I was watching an NBA game, and he was just going off like torching a team in the preseason. And I was like, all right, gotta get his rookie card, gotta like load up on his rookie card. So I bought a bunch of his rookie card. And uh, by the time that I got the cards, like actually mailed to me, he was already like riding the bench in the regular season. So I was like, dang, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to have this like breakout season. And it turns out that like he was just like right back where he was last year, which was the bench. And actually maybe not even on the roster. What I kind of saw from that too was that during that game, like I was buying his rookie card for like $6. And by the end of the game, they were selling on eBay for like $20, $25. And I was hmm. like, I saw that pump happen but missed it because it took time for it to get there. And then by the time it got to my house, it's like, I still got to sell these. And I mean, I I wasn't really selling cards at that time, but it was just, I knew that like, if it pumped like crazy, I'd sell it. But yeah, that's the thing with Top Shot is like, it's all like, it's instant, peer to peer global. And yeah. uh, so I was seeing that same, like the things that made me tuned into the trading card space, getting into Top Shot, you're able to, to see an opportunity like that, like see a Kyle guy going off in the first half and knowing like he's under the radar, this game's on ESPN, everyone's watching, like you know that something's about to happen like the the interest in this player is going to go up and i think a good uh like comparison to that too is what just literally right before we pulled in shaquille o'neal just bought a nft called creature world which i think all three of us own yeah do we all three have one yeah we do nice dude shout out to the creatures shout out to danny cole and new york city so shaq just bought a nft and made it his profile picture and it's obviously that's going to create a buzz and it's like it happens so fast it, mm-hmm. it happens so instant just like when kyle guy went off in the first half you you see that happening and if you're waiting if you if to buy a creature required you three three weeks to get it like mailed to you like it'd be too late you know instant transactions instant digital transactions, yeah. you know there's real-time data going into this yeah yeah it's with, those... with real ownership for sure i want to talk about the ownership piece because Let's talk about the underlying technology, which we've already said is blockchain. But a lot of these NFTs, you know, top shots, you know, a lot of these are built on Ethereum. So let's talk about Ethereum. You know, it's a general ledger. Bitcoin is a specific purpose ledger uh, of, of blockchain. So let's talk about, you know, Ethereum here for a second and why that's relevant and why the audience should at least have some kind of knowledge about, okay. about Ethereum. Yeah, I mean, I think Ethereum, uh, it's basically the internet of blockchains where like, that's where like culture is happening in the blockchain space. And that's, I think what the NFT space is kind of all about right now is like, you can, if you really believe that like the financial system needs to be overdone or like re reconfigured or whatever, then Bitcoin's probably the, the one that is going to like really be the one that's most relevant to you. But if if you want to buy a Kyle Guy NFT in the first half and sell it at the end of the game when it's gone up by three three X because he played really well, that's where Ethereum allows you to do that. Although Top Shot is on the Flow blockchain, which is uh similar technology as Ethereum, but a little bit more uh consolidated, I guess. Um but yeah, Ethereum really allows you to like do anything you want on the blockchain. So using that same technology of digital scarcity, digital ownership, verifiable by cryptography, and this massive network of, I don't know how many nodes, like millions of nodes, I guess, uh, <laughs> it it allows you to do anything you want with a blockchain instead of like 
this is money. Like Bitcoin is money. It's like Ethereum is everything else. Yeah. And that could be literally anything else. Like everything could be on the Ethereum network. I mean, essentially what Ethereum is, is it's just a general, a general ledger, general blockchain so that you can, that's what you're doing with an, with an NFT is you're adding it to your wallet and you're minting that onto the blockchain so that that blockchain can prove ownership yeah. that you're the one that owns it. Exactly. And that's not also something that I've been looking into is Ethereum is not the only one you can do that on. So I'd love to get whoever's opinion on on this new one that I've kind of come across, which is Solana, that I know has been getting a lot of attention. I've seen it's kind of blown up since uh, I think Packy McCormick with Not Boring, major shout outs Packy, <laughs> uh, wrote a big essay about it and it kind of exploded after that. I'm- so like why... I think Solana sounds like a better alternative, at least until Ethereum 2 like fully comes online, which to my understanding it has not yet. I'm pretty sure I've still got some of its stakes. It's so. like next month, I think. Next month, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. until, until that happens. I mean, yeah. especially which, with like the proof of history and everything, Solana seems like the better option. What do you guys think about that? So Ethereum 2 is kind of this like ongoing like meme now, right? Yeah. Like, it's been next month for a while now. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Ethereum 2, if it comes out, if if it comes that's great if it doesn't come i think ethereum still has its role because i think that's like the true decentralized general blockchain where uh solana i don't know how how decentralized i'm still like learning about solana i'm very Mm -hmm. curious about it and i was very like i would say i was like a decentralization maxi uh which is like not a term i've really heard before but like there's bitcoin maxis and eth maxis Mm -hmm. and crypto punk maxis like all that stuff but like with Topshot and the Flow blockchain, it kind of changed my perspective that a centralized blockchain can actually work if it's done right and you do have a trustworthy, like, centralized company that's, like, really uh, building it the right way, which is hard to say. It's, like, really, really, we'll see, I guess, how uh, how things pan out over time. But the the problem with that is that there's just so much trust involved and the whole point of the blockchain to begin with was trust minimization. And uh, we... By by having centralized blockchains, like you you do have that element of trust. But pretty much every single business in the world requires some trust. Like every company until this point has been centralized. It's a company. Uh, it, it makes sense that like that combination of using like all the great things about blockchain and combining it with a really good centralized company with really good IP and really good partners and all that can make sense. And I don't know a whole lot specifically about Solana. Uh, but flow has like opened my mind to the point where like I could see Solana making a lot of sense. But- Let's talk about art here. So, you know, ancillary to, uh, you know, IP owned by, for instance, the NBA, art is, you know, whoever the creator is can mint that piece of art and anybody can come buy it that sees value in it. And as that value goes up, they own that piece of that art. It's verifiable on the blockchain. It's very important. But I want to talk about why art? Why is art blown up? I feel like people that weren't buying art prior to, you know, the NFT movement are now buying art and putting a lot of value on it. So talk about what about art? Was that the first major use case of all this excitement? Because the, you know, what Shaq ultimately bought was was art, you know, right? It's just a, it's it's an image. So talk about, you know, why art? Yeah. So I think, yeah, starting off like the the first NFT, as like everyone kind of agrees, whether it's like actually the first or not, was CryptoPunks, which was some form of art. Uh, and then Crypto Kitties, which was created by NBA Top Shots company. But then in the past, I'd say in the past like 12 months, we really saw the, it was about a year ago that we really started seeing artists really come onto the scene. Fawocious and uh, Beeple and Trevor Jones and Josie and Corey Van Lu and Dean Sachi right here. Oh, 
He's mm-hmm. uh, one of the top 10,000 artists in Ballard High School's history. So wow. <laughs> Great number there. Yeah, yeah. so we, we've we been kind of uh, playing around with trying to understand that answer. Why art? Like, what yeah, is I it about art? Yeah, go ahead. So I think that art was kind of like the pre-NFT non-fungible token. And so to put that on the blockchain and then have it kind of a second layer to that idea is why people want to invest in it. A lot of elements about NFTs, in my opinion, are kind of not related to the art, which people don't like to like to talk about that part. But that's the beauty of like crypto punks is they're so simplified that you can't really say that this is a magnificent piece of art. It's kind of showing like this is what an NFT is supposed to be down to its finest form. This is something that you believe is going to be worth something someday, kind of like turning your art into like an altcoin. To follow up on that, I think what's really interesting about art in the NFT space is like one of my favorite artists, I didn't really have like a favorite artist, but I did meet a guy named Peter Max when I was like a young, like probably 10 years old. And he's like a very famous artist, like did work for the Beatles. And like, he's, he's like a very like iconic artist. I learned recently that Peter Max had like millions of dollars worth of art destroyed uh, in his warehouse that got flooded so and and beyond that like nobody really knows like if you if you've got art on the wall like how do you verify that it actually is created by Peter Max so the blockchain gives you that verifiable ownership but also the verifiable like connection with the creator of it so like if you own a Dean Sachi NFT you know this this was created by Dean Sachi there's no way to counterfeit it there's no way to destroy it it's transferred from his mind to the internet to you and one of the other cool things i've seen related to the art is you know there's discord channels That's being started say, up yeah. around yeah, the true. art so you buy the art it's verifiably yours it's verifiably by the artist but now you can engage with this exclusive community that also owns the art. I think that's where the value really starts so to come much, yeah. is access around the NFT itself. Yeah. It's not just about the NFT because, like you said, the value is not necessarily there with the art itself. It's like your fa- the fact that you verifiably own it, but more so, I think, the fact you have access yes. to the utility yeah, exactly. that might come alongside it. Exactly. And there's so much utility. Like access, like literal access to the artist is like yeah. part of, the, it could be the utility. But like what's really interesting about the NFT like technology is that it's open basically. Like we, as a group, if we were like game developers or whatever, we could we could build a game ba- like based like using CryptoPunks as our characters. Like mm. basically like if you own a CryptoPunk, you would be able to have access to our game which would give you access to potential rewards and like uh, uh, prizes or whatever. Maybe it's just a game and there's no like financial incentive to play it. Maybe it's just a fun game, but like you get that access to that game from the CryptoPunks and that that's up to anybody to add that utility. Cause that that's the part that web three opens up. It, it shatters these silos of like, if you're a creator and have a great idea for a game and like you want to do it, whatever, like you got these tokens, literally anybody can use these tokens as access to their game. So anybody can add value to any NFT. We could find an, a random NFT on OpenSea right now and add utility to it. We could. But the yeah, it's mostly up to like the creator. Like it's mostly up to like TopShot to figure out how TopShot NFTs are going to be valuable. But like ultimately the way I, I kind of see this going is that like someday I could add value to TopShot by, by adding utility. I've got all these top shot moments and I, I somebody could create a game on the flow blockchain and say if you own 
a LaMelo Ball rookie moment, then you have access to this game. And then that would increase the value and like the utility of that specific moment that somebody else created. So like, uh, let's talk about, I want you guys to rebuttal this here, but like whenever there's a bubble, there's hysteria, right? There's people flocking to something that they wouldn't have flocked to prior. So like I'm seeing a lot of people buy art that never, that didn't give a shit about art, you know, a month before they bought it. They're just buying it because they see a lot of people buying it. They see value going up. And so that, that's one sign that I think is a little concerning. So when you guys see that, you know, what are you thinking? When you see somebody buy an NFT piece of art that, you know, a year ago, they have no art on their walls. They have no art on the back of their, on their wallpaper of their laptop. But now they're buying art on, you know, yeah. uh, online. What, what do you think about that? Do you not see that and say that's a bubble? It has to be a bubble because they're spending money that they wouldn't have spent a year ago on something yeah. new. Yeah. So what do you guys think about that? Definitely. And there's, there's a lot of people who are pretty prominent in the space that would also agree and say that there are a large amount of projects that are very overvalued because there's so much money in the space right now. Like you said, everyone's flocking to it. But as kind of the market like contracts around projects that are more credible, right? You'll see people exit those projects and probably take losses. People that have invested money that they can't really afford to invest. There's going to be losers, but it's all part of this kind of education process. But there will be those projects like, you know, for example, CryptoPunks, the Board Ape Yacht Club, Cool Cats. And, you know, I think we'd all agree on the Creature World too, whose team is like they're in it. It's, it's a long-term plan, right? Like your, your token is more of a community token um, as opposed to art, which is where I think a lot of those people will start to invest in because you're there for that long-term IP development. And I think, you know, to rebuttal my own self on that question, I think the fact that it's digital has allowed it to grow so quickly. So like, for instance, the best IP in the world of all time related to any kind of entertainment or art is Disney. All right. So if you look at what Disney's done, it took them 20 years, whatever it might have been, to build up some valuable IP that people around the world cared about, that they would travel to Orlando or Los Angeles to engage, you know, with that community that was built. You know, we've had IP that's been built up for less than a year. That's getting ridiculous value. And so the only way I think that's possible is the fact that it's digital and more people can engage with that at scale. Whereas back in the day with Disney, there was no way to do that at scale. You had to travel there to engage with it. Exactly. Or you had to buy a, a DVD and spend, you know, $20 to buy yeah. a DVD and yeah. just watch it for an hour. Yeah. That's the only way you engage with that IP. But now you can buy this IP and make it your Twitter avi yeah and now you can engage with it every single day i think that's one of the differences yeah yeah than uh and yesterday th and today when it comes to ip and one thing one thing that rex and i were talking about earlier is so you also had like the team that was leading disney that was responsible for building the ip whereas a decentralized kind of uh way to build ip now through ethereum and like all these projects your entire community is able to add value to the project by creating their own version of ip to gain attention which is ultimately kind of the value driver here is the attention for whatever these use cases are like built into the project. And so the more you're empowering your community that is incentivized to promote these projects and create on them. And, and that's why I think another reason why they're exploding so much faster is because attention is now scalable and the ability for the crowd for that's sure. invested in them to It's the IP promote. plus yeah. the internet uh, decentralization. Yeah. It's, 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 it's essentially open sourced IP. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like you're able to, to use this art and, and anybody can add value to it. Like Sam said, like a great example of that is like we get Jesse Love here. So like Jesse, Jesse's 16 years old. He doesn't even have his driver's license yet, but he's like one of the top NASCAR prospects. <laughs> he won the Arkham West series, which uh, is a NASCAR sanctioned series. Uh, he's the youngest NASCAR sanctioned uh, 
champion of a series in history. So that's really exciting, and that that's like a big part of why I wanted to to reach out to him and see if he if him and his team were interested in the NFT space. But like this is a perfect example of like we own this cat this is cat 903 and this is like jesse love racing owns this cat so you got you got it on his on his car. on his car and so yeah. really all you're doing there is you're scaling the awareness of that ip yeah thus the audience has made it more valuable yeah right so you've figured out a way to scale it yeah you know, right relatively and, and quickly. we've also added something for the like the community of cool cats that already exist which is like around five thousand people that own these cats it gives them something not only just to like see but like to actively engage with like every single week we've got it, it's almost the way i think about it is like albert pools i grew up in st louis big cardinals fan i moved here i guess when i was like 11 but like pools is probably going to retire a cardinal they'll do the thing where it's like a one day like sign them for one day and then retire yeah. a cardinal and like what what like makes that so special is pools did great things with the st louis cardinals brand on yeah. his on his jersey and that's that's what the cats can bring to someone like Jesse is like it 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 makes Jesse Jesse's like not only racing for himself and Venturini and the the team that he's racing for but he's racing for the cats now so like now we're like starting to see this like actual engagement and attachment to like someone like Jesse to to have the cool cats have something to root for and to be part of and like to have like a fandom that is actually like in the hands of the fans and you've got to keep them engaged right like it has yeah. to be continuous it can never end because if you look at it, for instance disney like there's a reason they're bringing back and doing live action yeah uh lion king yeah like yeah. they're making sure that the ip stays valuable yeah like they're making sure that it just is that's continuous. a really interesting that's uh, why that's that's the only way i think nfts and i think the space uh, somebody has to look for that when they buy yeah you know, any kind of nft is is there potential here for this thing to continuously get engagement? Yeah. And like Shaq putting it as his, you know, Twitter avi is a great, you know, first step. But what's he going to do 10 years from now? Yeah. And what are other famous people so that, going to do 10 years So that's actually specifically where with like Jesse, we think we've, we're onto something because Mike Tyson put his, uh, he made his profile picture a cool cat, like uh, very, very early within like two or three weeks of the cats being, uh, I think within one week actually of the cats being created. But yeah, like you said, like with Shaq, like, what are you going to do with that? You put it as your profile picture. That's awesome. But uh, what we're doing is creating that like active community engagement, something that like has a recurring thing. Like Jesse's going to be racing. We're hopefully going to have the cats on the car for every race next season and uh, and really have something for the cats to look forward to every single week beyond just like, hey, this is cool. Shaq is our profile picture or Mike Tyson has a cat as his profile picture. And then with with Disney, I think part of like why they're going into like live action and stuff too is like it works they've yeah. proven that recipe and it works and it makes money and it's like reinventing the wheel has been hard for hollywood I, I remember one time like two or three years ago i was looking at the uh the posters outside my movie theater near my house i was like that's a remake that's a remake that's a remake literally yeah. everything in hollywood is a remake of something because that there's like maybe a nostalgia mm -hmm. effect that like that they know it works. And so like, that's a really interesting point though, that like it also is keeping it from dying, which I think space jam really did oh, yeah, a sure. lot of and, like revitalizing, like bringing these characters that kids in today's world don't know about. Like the, I don't even know them really, yeah. honestly, like the pig and the, with, no off, idea. Yeah. <laughs> off that train of thought, just real quick. I mean, does it make sense to be creating essentially what we're deeming a character or IP like, say, if you're going to create Mickey Mouse and sell Mickey Mouse as an NFT before Mickey Mouse 
yeah. before you even saw exactly. it. Exactly. That was my other point is like imagine owning a Mickey Mouse NFT, like the OG Mickey Mouse right. from like nineteen. Like Steamboat Willie. So that's, not Mickey yeah. Mouse, but yeah, Steamboat Willie. That's, that's Gary Vaynerchuk's whole like that's his whole MO with V Friends. He created all of these individual characters and plans to build out IP over the next he always says thirty to forty years so he can buy the jets. Um but take his, you know, curious whatever and loyal whatever and build, you know, consumer based brands for him, a TV show, a, a workout line, like all this stuff. Um, which so, uh, which NFT uh, line of IP was just signed on to uh, uh, CCA the uh, out of Los Angeles the uh, uh, artist CryptoPunks was it CryptoPunks was yeah basically so like the um, C- California Art Association maybe is what it's called or Creative I forget CCA uh, I'm gonna look this up but essentially what they do is they manage artists and their IP and their likeness and then whenever they get signed onto a movie they negotiate the contracts. Um, I think it was CryptoPunks. Was that what it was? Okay. Well, see, stuff like that has to start happening where somebody who is a great attorney is managing. I know there's yeah. a, it's on the blockchain, but it doesn't matter. you got to yeah. have like a, a person behind yeah. it negotiating from it's company true. to company. And so what was big about that was they got an army of attorneys and managers that typically are managing Matthew McConaughey, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, and people like that that are entertainers. And now they're signing on to these NFTs and managing wow. these NFTs. NFTs. That was one of the big moments. I said, "Okay, yeah, this thing is here to stay." And the crypto punks, you know, are probably you know a pretty good investment if you know they're signing on legitimate uh, managers from the best known yeah. management companies. Because think about it, it's it's a it's it's credibility, right? Like if you own a crypto punk that's worth several hundred thousand dollars, it means you've been in the space, you understand what's going on, and there's now there's this wave of people looking to learn about it. The fact that you own a crypto punk, the fact that you own a cool cat, now gives you credibility when having these kinds of conversations because you were a first mover so it's going to provide all kinds of you know opportunity in the real world um but what about you know if there's a nonprofit that you want to show support for well you can now prove via blockchain and nft that you have put your money like where your mouth is and you own and support x cause you own and support x business whether it's diversity you know women driven like there's all kinds of opportunities to show publicly what you believe in and what you're invested in and uh it's it's i think that will be kind of like the new social proof right yeah dude and beyond that for these like nonprofit organizations like this is a great tool for transparency like to not to not guess that like hey they're doing this this and this but like you actually could see the transactions on the blockchain to see if if you're giving money to this charity, like I think, I think charity is going to be a great use case for the blockchain, really, because it it, it gives you that transparency. Instead of wondering, like, are they actually putting their money where their mouth is? You can see through, you can see their transactions, and like at some point, it'll be pretty, uh, like, hopefully widely adopted to where like you would know, like, why why is this charity spending a million dollars at the Lamborghini dealership? Like, <laughs> that's not what we gave them money for, so. I think that's like something that just one of the million, like one of the so many things in the blockchain space that I think could disrupt and make a big impact on is is charity. One of the things that I think I'm most interested in, just because I see a lot of utility in it, is the way NFTs are being used in music. So Sam, I want to address that question to you specifically because you're kind of at the intersection of those two things. Talk about some of the cooler projects you've seen or the way artists are using NFTs and where you think that could potentially go into the future. Yeah, I'm super glad you asked that. So, you know, Starving Artists 
with social media, there's been a huge leap in the access the artists have to community, right? Like whether you have an Instagram, TikTok, Facebook groups, whatever, that was like the web 2.0 version of being able to create community at scale to where you now have access to your community, offer them your, you know, the tour that's coming up, whatever. Well, web three and social tokens and blockchain technology are allowing artists and not so much currently, but are being developed. There's some use cases and there's a lot in the works are allowing artists to go to their community and pretty much take investment in their brand and their individual products moving forward to where, for example, Blau, who's, you know, international DJ producer, he's creating a platform called Royal, which will allow you to invest in um, artists like songs. So the royalties that will, uh, and there's probably some more utility that comes in that but like for example an artist song say an artist wants to give uh their community who invest x amount into this upcoming song 20 percent of all future royalties on that track you can now do that through blockchain and smart contracts which is revolutionary so essentially artists if you're able to figure out how to grow an online presence and gain that attention you can raise capital for your project without needing a record label without needing some of these bigger entities that have had control um, in the past, you know, it, it takes you from being just like the creator to the one who's empowered as long as you can create content and figure out how to get attention. And so in that, right, like the idea of like a social token, that's where my interest uh, lies most in all of this stuff is being able to create a token for personal brands or company brands or communities that allow people to uh, invest in projects that they believe in um, much more efficiently. Yeah, like I resonate with Kid Cudi. I want to own Part of Kick exactly. Right. Exactly. I want to own some of his, of yeah. his IP. Exactly. And then I get access to his his concerts. I get mm-hmm. access to his merch releases. Uh-huh. Whatever it is, I get first access. And the most beautiful thing about all that, though, is when you are invested in Kid Cudi, you now are an influencer for him, right? Like, you, it is in your vested interest to promote anything and everything that he's doing because the value of Skin his brand— yeah, you, you literally have skin in the game. So artists who have these small niche communities are able to mobilize them for um, you know, promotion in ways that you've never been able to. And you haven't been able to incentivize your crowd. Like it's like, yeah, you love Kid Cudi, but like, are you going to go and like promote his new album other than just like retweeting it? Like, no. But now if you like own part of it, like, of course. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing too is that uh, Gary V actually said this on an interview with a DCL blogger uh, early 2021. But like NFTs are going to create community around collectability in a way that we've never seen. Because if you have a ticket from a game in like the 1980s or a concert, like say like Kid Cudi's first concert ever or something, like some historic event in his career. And in the current world, the way it works is like you, you collect that ticket stub and you put it in your shelf or like you, you look yeah. at it 30 years from now. But like with, with NFTs, you're actually to create you're, you're able to create a community around it to where the people that have skin in the game and our fans like are able to build around that collectible to say, like, I, I was there like I was there. I was one of the people that was there, like whatever, whatever causes people to collect marbles and back scratchers and uh, like keychains from cities that they go to like that psychology is is being digitized now with nfts that's basically what's i think like a big part of this is yeah Yeah, so one of the key signs within the tech space that i've been following uh because i don't have time to follow like this kind of stuff unfortunately yeah no i wish i did i wish i had time to dive way deeper I, i i followed enough to be able to talk like this yeah and have these kind of conversations but normally when i am interested in something i'm able to dive 
you know, way deeper. But so the way I do that is I kind of, you know, follow VC firms that are actively engaging in this. And one of the ones I follow is A16Z and Dreesen Horowitz pretty, pretty closely. So they were one of the early Coinbase investors. They, they netted off that investment about $10 billion. And then they took that and now they've created a unique fund specifically for crypto and blockchain investments. And so for the audience that might be more familiar with the VC space than what we've been talking about this whole episode, I encourage you to go check out what Andreessen Horwitz has been doing and the investments that they're making because they're the ones that see the future. Uh, and that's where the where real money is uh, being put is into VCs like Andreessen Horwitz. And then they go reallocate that money into projects and the underlying fun, fundamental technologies, yeah. not necessarily the art or they're buying what the art is built on. Yes. Yeah, which, which is actually I think uh, where this, I like to follow. I think is it A sixteen A sixteen Z. Yeah, I think specific. I think they actually just invested. Uh, I think it was them that they uh, they invested two hundred fifty million dollars in Dapper Labs. They, like Dapper a, is one of their investments. Yeah, a massive valuation. I think at like eight billion or yeah. six billion, so something like that. The reason I just say that is because this whole conversation, you know, has been largely. Uh, what this is but the reason i want to say that is because it's here like it's it's definitely becoming uh more than a trend when you yeah. see a vc like andreessen horwitz who's known to be a top one or two vc in the world starting a p specific fund for this you know that we should all be paying attention uh, and so i just encourage the audience you know to take this conversation do your own research start studying people like andreessen horwitz and that vc firm and why they're making these investments in these underlying technologies uh, because it's coming and uh, we need to all pay attention. Anything else you guys would add that we didn't touch touch on related Gosh, to this conversation? I mean, we literally could go 16 hours straight. For sure. Like, we didn't from, even touch, yeah, from, we didn't even touch yeah. like Bitcoin or, you know, any of the other DeFi yeah, going so on. Much, and I'm yeah. super interested in DeFi. Again, I wish I had more time to yeah. to study all of this. <laughs> I've got a cousin who's just studying it religiously and I'm kind yeah. of envious and I like to push his buttons and be that kind of person that's, you know, looking at the other side of this stuff. Because if you're going down the rabbit hole, it's hard not to be super optimistic, right? But yeah. you need to have people that are like testing you and saying, hey, you know, no doubt. I don't think that that's how that actually works. So one, one thing to, to say about it, I think this is an important point. Gary Vee, again, he always says this, uh, you know, people always think it's like an or thing, right? Like, is it Bitcoin or, you know, the dollar? Is it NFTs or, you know, traditional business? Uh, it's, it's definitely an and thing. And so for us right now, and like the evolution of technology, um, I was listening to podcasts earlier, and they're you know they're relating it to early 2000, like 2000, 2002 before MySpace and all this stuff. And so you know to be able to know that this technology exists currently and is being built and developing, like even if it's not uh, doing what it will do in ten or twenty years, to be able to get in and learn and just kind of know what's going on is invaluable because you know you never know what you come across and the utility that could add to your own you know traditional business, right? Like there's still mom and pop grocery stores that don't take credit cards and you know, Western Connecticut, but there's also companies that are uh, running autonomous, you know, organizations investing through smart contracts and making billions of dollars, right? You know, it's yeah. there's just a little bit and, of and, and. To that point too, it's it's a software innovation where like in the, in the 2000s, early 2000s, it was a software and a hardware innovation that was happening. So like the software could have probably developed a lot faster if the hardware was ready for it at that time. The hardware is ready for the blockchain. Like the hardware, it's not a hardware issue right now. It's it's a software innovation. Uh, so that that's going to, I think, allow it to develop like way faster than what we saw in the 2000s because you were waiting for the technology on the hardware end to be to be ready for it. Beyond that, I think the NFT space, like to me, like what's uh, like a really big key 
that I, I just mentioned earlier is that like we we are on the cutting edge of fun like that's like what it's all about like we, marshawn lynch has his famous thing, i'm just here so i don't get fined like i'm just here to have some fun like that's that's what the nft space is all about and like i've had a unbelievable year like it was like january 1st was the day that i got really into nfts and by the end of January, my life had changed financially from that decision to get into NFTs. And like everything since then has just been incredible. Like this whole journey, is it feels like 10 years have gone by and somehow we're still in 2021. But <laughs> like uh, just just like the, the entire thing is just awesome. And like being around people like Dean and Sam, the, the energy and you guys, like it's it just all about like bitcoin is kind of heavy it's kind of heavy it's like you got to really like believe in something new like for a government system and like the world needs to do this this and this and it's almost like it's also political yeah it's very political and it's like pointing your finger in their face saying oh you do this this and this like that's the nft space is like we're about fun (laughs) yeah dude we chug milk when cats get to 10 eth here's another here's another cool thing about it is that you're sitting in kentucky and engaging with this new technology whereas when the internet came out the only people engaging with that was silicon valley right because the information wasn't spreading across the united states like it does now and so now you know anybody can engage with ethereum anybody can buy bitcoin and that's what's interesting about this movement is you know how ubiquitous it really can be yeah Uh, and that's been fun to watch yeah and shout out to sir jive too which which is like one of our first when we did a stream like very early days we've got a a guy that hopped into one of my streams i was doing a giveaway a top shot giveaway and Sir Jive comes in super early in the stream. He lives in India and was just like yeah. bringing such good vibes and was like, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. And then I do the uh, the giveaway and Sir Jive ended up winning the giveaway. And then I do the the pack opening that I was doing and we pulled a LeBron out of the pack and it was like a thousand dollar moment. So we're just like attached to Sir Jive forever. Like yeah. he's the man. But it's so cool. Like uh, the internet allowed us to to transfer information all over the world and to connect with people socially and do all that stuff. But like with the blockchain, it allows us to transfer value all mm-hmm. over the world. So like the fact that I'm able to do something like a giveaway, which I was like so fortunate to be in Top Shot when I was in there and to have like extra packs that I could use as a giveaway and transfer value to my dude, Serge Ive. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming on and helping educate our audience a little bit about what's going on in the NFT space. I know it's a lot of craziness and uh, it's hard to follow along with, but you know, having people who've been in it and have done that early learning is something that I think is super valuable. So thank you guys for coming on before we let you go. uh, We want to give you guys a chance to tell our audience where they can find you on social media or uh, anything similar to that. So plug your, your usernames or your social media profiles real quick. Uh, On Twitter for me, it's at NBA top shooter. And that's really the only social I use. Uh, mine is uh, Dean Sachi underscore official on Instagram and on Twitter it's Brock League, uh, B R O C K L E E G U E. And then uh, for me, it's Sam's Story, two S's there in the middle on Instagram uh, as well as TikTok, and then uh, on Twitter it's Sam's Story tweets again with the two S's there. And uh, you know, I talk a lot about NFTs, the world, and all that kind of stuff. So good for 